0: Welcome to the Top Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. I'm your host, Bill Cates, creator of the Cates Academy for Relationship Marketing. In each episode, I interview one of our industry's top performers, getting them to pass on their secrets to success to you so that you can impact more lives and generate more income. Now, on to the show. Welcome, welcome. You know, before we get started, I want to let you know about a guide I've created that brings together some of my latest thinking in the area of referrals, introductions, communicating your value. And while the guide is free, I still think you'll find it quite valuable. Go to ExponentialGrowthGuide.com. That's ExponentialGrowthGuide.com. Whenever I speak to a financial advisor who works with professional athletes, I think, you know, that, that must be cool and being around professional sports, maybe getting tickets to a game, great seats, right? Sometimes getting a behind-the-scenes look at professional sports. Uh, Of course, we know there's always two sides to the story, right? Uh, But what might seem cool on the outside looking in, maybe not quite the reality. Uh, So when I was introduced to today's guest, I knew he was already successful and a rising star in this business. But when I saw that he played professional football. That added a new dimension to what I thought might be a, a fun interview. Uh, Walter Stiff played his college football at Western Michigan University. Uh, he must have been pretty good because he went on to play with the Buffalo Bills and, and then with the BC Lions in Canada. Uh, Walter was an offensive tackle who protected the quarterback's blind side, just like that movie Blind Side. Uh, now, as a financial advisor based in Atlanta, uh, ranked by Forbes as one of America's next-gen advisors, Walter helps his clients protect their financial blind side. So, Walter Stith, the welcome to Top Advisor Podcast. Bill, thanks so much for having me today. Glad to be here. Yeah, great to have you, man. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, so, Walter, well, there's two things I want to discuss, two main things at least. Uh, first, for any advisor who's seeking to work with professional athletes, you know what they should know about the target market, the pros, the cons. I'd also like to hear a little bit about how you work with your clients, how you protect them from their financial blind side. So tell us a little bit about how, you know, your path to go from wearing sweats to wearing suits. So I played in the NFL, uh, played for, I started out with the
1: Cleveland Browns. Uh, mm-hmm. I was an undrafted priority free agent coming out of college. That means I did not get drafted uh, and I did not get a signing bonus. Um, But I was in the NFL. So I started with the Browns, uh, played for the Buffalo Bills for two years. And after my rookie season with the Buffalo Bills, I took an internship with Citigroup Smith Barney in New York City. Um, The NFL has several different programs for players to participate in, one of them being the internship program. And because I majored in finance in school, Uh, I knew that I wanted to work on Wall Street in some capacity, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I took an internship, went to Citigroup Smith Barney in New York City in Times Square. And that was such a change of my day to day life and lifestyle. uh, But it was a really wonderful experience. Right. Being a professional athlete, you know, as an athlete, my day would start 6 a.m., wake up, go to the facility I'd, you know, get a workout in and then I'd have a team meeting and then a group meeting with the offense and then positional meetings. And then we may have some sort of walkthrough and then we'd have practice and then there'd be more meetings, maybe a a visit to the training room. You know, any bumps or bruises taken care of. Um, I'd get dinner, watch some more film, come back in the next day and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so transitioning from that lifestyle to waking up again in New York City, Um, I have an aunt that lives in the Bronx right near Yankee Stadium. So I was fortunate enough to be able to spend a lot of time at Jesse. But again, it was similar. Wake up at 5 a.m., jump on the subway at 6 a.m., head down to Manhattan. You know, I grabbed myself. Coffee and Bagel on 52nd Street, (laughs) go up to my office, read The Wall Street Journal, The New York Times, uh, log into my Bloomberg system, meet with my uh, advisors that I was working with at the time, who I was interning under, uh, two of which I'll mention them. Uh, One, her name is Carol Glazier. Uh, At the time, she was Forbes Top 100 Women Wealth Advisors. Mm. And the other was Rob Schmidt. Um, And he was a younger advisor and the manager in that branch um, put me with those two advisors so that I could see the two perspectives of one, a successful, well-established advisor, mature book of business. uh, And then that of someone who was new in the business and who was growing. Right. Who's going out, you know, hitting the pavement, dialing for dollars, cold calling, sending emails, uh, just multiple marketing campaigns to bring in new business so that I understood that you don't just come into this business and you know get on the Forbes list uh, <laughs> and actually in working with Carol Glazier I set the long-term goal then although I knew I was still playing football that one day that I would be awarded as Forbes top wealth advisors. And uh, I've done that the past three years with the Forbes next gen ranking. So uh, it was a great accomplishment for me to see that come to fruition and to know that it was something that I thought about like long ago when I was just an intern in the NFL internship program.
0: So let's fast forward a little while. You uh, finish up your pro career. You become a financial advisor. Somewhere in there, you make a decision to work with professional athletes. Kind of makes sense. That's your quote-unquote natural market, as they call it. Uh, Talk to me about the the benefits. You know, what's what's great about uh, working with pro athletes? Obviously, the money can be pretty good. We know that a lot of them are not getting good advice. Uh, We all know that some of them, uh, you know, lose the money that they've earned, their signing bonuses, et cetera. Uh, quickly, uh, if they aren't getting the good advice, so tell us about that. What it's, what is like the the fun, the benefits, and then we can we can shift from that, and we can talk about any of the downsides or the cons, if you will, about working with professional athletes. So you know, working with professional athletes, I know what
1: they're going through because I've been through it before. Right? I have experience from being a player but as well as being an advisor to players that have gone through this process uh, and knowing that they need to think about the end at the beginning. And many times you look at the average age of players going into the NFL, they're anywhere from, you know, 20 to 23 years old. Mm. And a lot of times, Bill, this is their very first job. Mm. So think about it. If you're growing up
0: Right. I don't know if you had a. Did you have a job in high school, Bill? Oh, oh yeah. I, my first job was uh, pumping gas at a gas station. And many other jobs since then, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, right. Uh, so you probably pump gas at a gas station
1: in the summertime, right? When you're out of school, mm-hmm. and so uh, for blue chip athlete, their summers are spent going to different camps and mm-hmm. playing in seven on seven leagues or playing AAU or working out with a trainer, mm-hmm. and so they just haven't had the time to commit to having a real a job outside of sports because sports is presented to them as their job like this is your job this is what you're going to do that's going to help you to earn a scholarship go to school and have the potential to go pro Mm -hmm. so let's just say for instance I don't know what the percentage is but many of them go through high school never having a job they get recruited by all the top colleges in the country so schools are you know presenting the best that they have to offer to these athletes to get them to come to school. They go to school, they receive a scholarship, schools pay for it. They don't have to worry about taking out loans or going into any debt. Um, and now uh, student athletes can get paid off of their own name, image and likeness. Mm-hmm. And so Before name, image, or likeness, guys would go to school and then they're either their junior or their senior year if they have had a career good enough to establish themselves as an NFL prospect. And there's several different lists and services out there and scouts that, you know, put out lists on who the top players are and who to look up, who to look out for, for the upcoming draft. Now, keep in mind, these are guys who have never been employees, They've never filled out a resume. They've never gone on a job interview. Um, They've never paid anything into social security. Uh, But then they have been put in a position where they have agents, financial advisors, marketing managers, public relations managers all reaching out to them so that they can hire them. So in that sense, they are employers before there are employees.
0: Mm, Interesting. Yep.
1: Right. They go right into a field where they're getting their first job, but their actual first job is to be a CEO, right? (laughs) A CEO of themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Where they, where they're out and they're hiring an agent and an agent's job is to really help them throughout this process, right? To educate them on, um, you know, what's coming next, because many times they don't know. They know, hey, there's a draft, but what happens between my last college football game and hearing my name called at at the NFL? Mm -hmm. There's many different things that happen between the last season and actually getting on an NFL team. And so having an agent or having an advisor, someone who has experience in working with that can help them with that process to help them prepare. Imagine, Bill, if your first job um, the minimum was
0: seven hundred twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> That'd be nice, huh? That'd uh, be uh, daunting, uh, confusing, perhaps even daunting, right? It, it, it can be daunting, and so the the the
1: fact that we think that is daunting for professional athletes in their mind, this is the norm. Mm. Because they haven't had another job. So their first job is making well over six figures at a minimum in a rook as a rookie. Um, and that's their very first job. So the challenge there is not understanding the ramifications or not even understanding how much money it is. Or how much money it isn't, Bill, depending upon their own personal situations. Mm-hmm. Um, given, all right, you make seven hundred twenty thousand your rookie season. Let's say you're twenty years old. The average career in the NFL is three and a half years. So let's say you make that for three years, make million and you know a million and a half, million eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you take home nine hundred, a million one, million two, but you're still young. And you still, you have to transition into something else because if you, if you're done with the NFL at, let's say age 25, you still got a long life to live. And so the challenge is getting young athletes to understand that you can't live. Uh, you can't live the lifestyle of somebody that of the average person that makes seven hundred twenty thousand dollars, who is established, well established in their career. Maybe they're in their forties or their fifties, right? And they've had time to build up to that. When you get that right out of the gate, and that's your first job, you really don't appreciate it as much, or know that you need to appreciate it to save for life after football because there's going to be a transition no matter how long you play even if you even if a guy plays for 10 years and they're done what i'm trying to get them to understand is all right how do you take the things that you value these th- these are the things that are important to you right now let's define why they are important to you and we'll use the example of family so if it's a young guy who at the time, many of these guys aren't married. Right. But they may have a girlfriend and then eventually they'll end up getting married and they'll you know, have kids. And so now they have a family. All right, your family is important to you as a as a man. You know, you have to take care of your family. Right. By providing the basics of life, food, clothing and shelter. Right. And so food, clothing and shelter, they all cost. And if you don't have money to provide for your family something that you value right you you have to get them to understand that at some point football is going to end and your cash flow is going to stop so the money that you make and the checks that you get on a constant basis are going to stop and then you have to transition to something else that's going to then create cash flow and income for you to continue to provide for your family <laughs> And sometimes it can be challenging because they they're so young that they can they only can see the things that they want now, right? There's like, oh, I want a nice car, I want a nice house, I want all the things that I've never had before. I want to shop at, you know, high end retail. I want to eat at the finest restaurants. Uh, and how do they get introduced to these things? <laughs> it's through the recruiting process, right? Yeah, you go yeah. sit down with. You know agents, and they're taking you to you know the steak houses and they're bringing your family and you know you, before you pick an agent, you're probably meeting with several agents, several financial advisors, so you just get them wine and dine, and then it creates the habit of going out to you know high end restaurants all the time mm-hmm. and many times when you're young when your meals are all being prepared for you in college right because we had a uh, meal plan, so we weren't really cooking much. So just to get to the point of like being able to cook food at home and not eating out for every meal. Uh, and technology doesn't help with this because literally you can just Uber Eats or Grubhub or you know right. any of the food delivery apps to get it delivered right to you. Uh, and Bill, as you know, that's expensive. It costs, right? It costs a lot. That's a, that's a really expensive lifestyle to have every meal prepared for you.
0: So is that uh, the? Well, is that I the mean, biggest challenge that you're that you're facing then? Is is just these habits and expectations they've developed? uh, and, and kind of trying to break them a little bit of that habit or, or is it, or is it the other people in their lives or maybe a combination of that, that be it people they grew up with, or be it, uh, other people they've met along the way with the business deals and the this and the that, and all the temptations, you know, invest your money here. What, what are, for you as the advisor, what is, uh, not so much for them, I'm, that is a challenge, but for you as the advisor, what's the biggest challenge in, in working with these folks?
1: Uh, I would say sticking within the budget. Getting right? them to. Yeah. All those, yeah, yeah, just getting them to stick within a budget, right? If we say we're going to spend X amount of dollars or less per month, then do that, right? Because if you put together a financial plan and the, the base of what my team does and my and working with our clients is financial planning right Mm -hmm. we want you to one know how much you have right know how much you make want you to be able to save put to you know save as much as you can and also be able to invest that for your future Uh, and one of the biggest challenges is controlling their lifestyle and You know, there are many stories out there. We've seen the 30 for 30 documentary. Mm -hmm. There's several examples of professional athletes and entertainers who have, you know, has wasted their money. Uh, You know, whether it's family and friends, whether it's bad investments, whether it's, um, you know, just exorbitant lifestyles Mm -hmm. Uh, and then sometimes there's the mental health aspect that comes in a lot of people are talking about mental health now and Mm -hmm. uh, when you look at the demographic the the the, every demographic of the nfl right it's um i would say 75 percent African-American. And if you look at if you're looking at just that portion of the NFL and you're thinking about the backgrounds that they come from mm-hmm. and thinking about economic inequality and thinking about the challenges that their parents have faced and their grandparents have faced mm-hmm. uh, and thinking about the wealth gap that is there. Mm hmm. And so many times, a lot of athletes, especially those that come from situations that ha- they have been affected by the wealth gap, the racial wealth gap, guys can't really establish their future because they're going back with the money that they have to fill the gap for their parents, for their, gran- right. For their grandparents, right? Yeah.
0: Real quick, Walter, I want to ask you about the, you know, like you said, the name, image likeness, the, the new deals that are happening on the college level. Uh, Have you gotten involved in those at all? Have you been working with any uh, college uh, level athletes uh, uh, to help them with their financial? Some of these folks, these guys and some gals are are getting a lot of money from the NIL. Uh, Most aren't yet. Um, Have you done any work in that area yet?
1: I have. Yeah, I'm actually working with with an athlete that is uh, making money through name image and likeness mm-hmm. and their challenges there so you take the same graphic of athletes and you just now they're 17 years old <laughs> now they're 17 and 18. <laughs> crazy <laughs> right and they're making all those same decisions where one with nil many times they're either getting paid through uh an endorsement mm-hmm. or they're getting Uh, a brand deal where they're creating their own products, right? Where they're using their name to create a brand, to attach it to a product and
0: sell to their followers and fans. I mean, now, now the jerseys with their name on it, uh, they can be compensated for that, right? Before it was just, Hey, I got a Jersey with the, you know, the starting point guard or the quarterback or whatever name on that's cool. But now that person can actually be compensated for that. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. yeah, Which is quite a change. Um, And so, yeah. And then you, you, you still have all those same challenges
1: of, all right, so how do I get paid? You know, do I set up some sort of business entity? Uh, and what type of entity do I set up? Do I set up a limited liability corporation? Do I set up an S corp, a C corp, Mm -hmm. a partnership? Do I need to hire a marketing manager, a financial advisor, you know, what about, what do I do with taxes? How much money can I make without it affecting my financial aid that I may be receiving? Mm, mm-hmm. So many different questions. Yeah. Um, there are pros and cons with the uh, name, image, and likeness. You know, the good thing about it is, hey, now student athletes can capitalize without being penalized by their universities and the NCAA. So that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I think because it, I feel I think that.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's great, you know, because, you know, a school could have a five star athlete, you know, a top potential NFL player, and they could put a T-shirt in the bookstore and the bookstore will sell that shirt and make money on this on this player's name, image and likeness. And they'd receive none of that. All right. Given their own scholarship and their education is paid for, but it pales in comparison to the amount of revenue that some right. of these sports teams are generating for schools and universities.
0: Right. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the show, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about how you work uh, with some of your clients. And I know you have kind of a, a fun way to explain what you do, especially so as athletes get the message. Uh, but first, let's take a, a quick 30-second timeout for uh, a word from our great sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by Proud Mouth, the influence accelerators. Proud Mouth. If you're like our clients, you want to spend more time educating people and less time selling. That's why we turn Main Street experts like you into trusted mainstream authorities. We help you amplify your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. Visit Proudmouth.com to learn more.
1: Be your own
0: loud. By the way, I offer listeners of Top Advisor Podcasts quite a few resources, all geared to help you multiply your best clients. Simply go to referralcoach.com forward slash resources. That's referralcoach.com forward slash resources. You're going to find uh, a lot of great tools there and make sure you sign up for our weekly tips. So you'll be notified when our next podcast interview is, as well as lots of other ideas we'll send to you as we we can. So uh, today, again, my guest is Walter Stith. Former professional football player, offensive tackle to be specific, uh, now clearly a rising star, Forbes next-gen advisor. Um, and Walter, I know that you kind of have some fun, creative ways uh, to protect your client's financial blind side using some sports met- metaphors and other fun things. So not just, I think, for your you know, athletes uh, to get, probably all your clients find some, some fun in this. So talk about that just a little bit. What are some of the expressions, words, phrases? Give give us a sense of how you uh, have some fun and and help people at the same time.
1: Yeah. So, you know, being a former football player in particular, I was an offensive lineman and I played left tackle. And... There was a movie that was put out. Uh, I don't know how long ago, but the blind side, Sandra right. Bullock, Michael Orr, we've all seen that story. So as a financial advisor and a former offensive lineman, you know, my role is to protect my client's blind side as their left tackle. So that's one analogy that I use. And right. what does that mean? Right. With, with having so many things to consider, so many things to think about and this really kind of being your first job in most cases, um, it's education, right? And so what I'll tell guys is when you show up for a team, when you go to college, the first thing you get is a playbook. So when you get your first job, my job as a, as your financial advisor is to give you a playbook. Your playbook is going to, uh, in the beginning of your football playbook is your schedule of events, right? It's going to tell you what time you have to be at practice who is running the practice? How many different uh, sections of uh, the team you have to go to? Right, so there's your team meeting, there's your uh, positional meeting, and then there's offense or defense or special teams. And mm-hmm. so, with your financial life, what you have to look at is all right. You have a contract, which is going to tell you how much you get paid, when you get paid what's guaranteed and what could cause your contract to be null and void, Mm. right? So first and foremost, we're looking at um, creating a playbook. So what I'll do is I'll get their contract from them or their agent and I'll say, all right, you sign. And many times if you're a rookie, you'll sign a four-year contract. And if you are a first rounder, you'll sign a four-year contract. And then the team has the option to pick up a fifth year. So I will pull out all of the numbers from the contract because out of all of the 29, 35 pages that are there, and I'll show them um, on a spreadsheet exactly how much their contract shares are going to make in their signing bonus, in their salary, uh, any roster bonuses or workout bonuses that are there. And then we'll also track their endorsement income money that they make outside of football with endorsement deals and things like that. Mm-hmm. From there, we'll take a look at what their potential withholdings are. And I'm not a CPA, so I do not give um, tax or legal advice, uh, but as an advisor can show you that, hey, these are, this is the tax bracket that you're going to be in. And this is what you can expect from to uh, paying taxes based upon what you're going to make. Right. right. First step. So you got federal taxes, state taxes, you got social security, you got Medicare, Medicaid. you got, and also um, you have your 401k contributions or your 401k deferrals. Those are the things you really can't um, you have no say over these are things that you're going to pay regardless, and sometimes that's sticker shock. When guys come out of school, and in many cases they're making over a million dollars, sometimes, and they see that they're going to pay over five hundred thousand, <laughs> or close to five hundred thousand of that in taxes and money they're not going to receive. Uh, there's there's some shock that goes
0: there. They, right? they a probably already spent the million. million they've, they probably already spent the million dollars in their head. Right. Yeah. And yet they don't, they're not even going to get a million dollars. Exactly. Right. They're like, all right, I got a million dollars. I'm going to buy a house of 500,000,
1: a right, $100,000 right. car, right. you know, I'm gonna <laughs> get to do this for my mom and my family. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait, you didn't even think about uncle Sam. What about uncle Sam? You got to take your uncle Sam. And they're like, who's uncle Sam. I don't have an uncle Sam. It's like, no, you
0: have an uncle. <laughs> we, Sam. we all do.
1: We, we all have an uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? So just kind of showing them that, Mm -hmm. Uh, And then putting together a budget. Right. And so when you're putting together a budget, it's almost like setting up a team. Right. So on a team, if you're looking at you got your offense, you got your defense and you have special teams Mm -hmm. and each position on that team has a certain task right that they're supposed to take care of. So, for instance, let's take the offensive line. The role of the offensive line is the foundation of your offense. It is to protect you. It is to, you know, protect your quarterback, protect your running back and to keep defenders from getting to the ball. That's that's the goal of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So, when you're looking at finances, your protection is making sure that you have sufficient uh, sufficient cash balances to take care of your day-to-day obligations, right? Your, whatever your annual budget is, you need to make sure that you have cash in the bank, cash deposits to you know, be able to take care of your expenses. And if you even go down a little bit further, the center is who snaps the ball to the quarterback, right? And so mm-hmm. when the ball comes off the ground and goes to the quarterback, that is what I would consider a direct deposit, right? That's cash <laughs> in the bank, right? So, <laughs> so we can't mess up. First of
0: all, let's not mess up the QB, the center QB exchange, right? right? By making sure there's no play have, if that if there's a fumble there, there's no play, right? So if there's a
1: fumble there, there's no play, right? right. And Bill, <laughs> let's 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 think about the ways that there can be a fumble. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of my I'm going to go back to a story when I was in the NFL. One of my jobs as a rookie in the NFL was to go upstairs and get the vets checks. And there's several jobs that you get as a rookie, depending upon what team you're on. You could be, you know, bringing in breakfast on Saturday mornings for the vets. You could be helmets and shoulder pads. You've, you've I'm sure you've seen that on some of the like the combine shows Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. hard knocks where, you know, rookies just get tasked where you got to sing songs, It's like the initiation process. So my job was to go upstairs and get the vet's checks on payday. So I would go up, get the checks, come down. And my rookie year, one vet said, Hey, I want to motivate you. Take a look at my check. I'm like, Oh no, that's your check. That's your business. I don't want to do that. He was like, nah, go ahead. Open it up. So I look at it five figures, every week he gets, right? So he took that check, threw it at the top of his locker. And I'm six eight, so I can see the top of his locker. He's got three <laughs> or four checks up there. Oh, Bill, God. That is fumbling the play, right? Yes, Having checks sitting in your locker is a fumble on the center QB exchange, mm-hmm. right? The prudent thing to do would be is to have your money directly deposited into your account so that you don't, so you don't have fumble. the risk of losing a check Right, Right? fumble on the playbill. Right, so that's
0: one example that I use. (laughs) Right, that this is great. You get give me one. Give me. (laughs) We're we're nearing our end here, but give me one more. Give me one more. You know, fun metaphor because we could probably play with this all day long.
1: Uh, Another example, right? Another example is um, when thinking about making. Uh, an investment choice and having them to understand the levels of risk. So I'm going to use a basketball analogy here, All right. right? So when I'm explaining to them, you know, the different types of investments, like what is a stock? What is a bond, All right? What is equity? What is fixed income, All right? What is cash? What are cash alternatives? So when you think about basketball, a, a slam dunk or a layup is something that I would consider Cash or cash alternative, either a CD, a money market, there's very low level of risk there. It's, as you say, a layup. Right. And so when you start thinking about, all right, well, what is a bond?
0: You know, bond may be a three to five foot jumper. (laughs) <laughs> right, <laughs> less likely to miss, possible miss, but a little less likely. But right? yeah, you
1: know it's a it's a three to five foot jumpers, high likelihood that you're going to make right. that shot. Right. You shot it over and over again. It's a fundamental part right. of the game, right? right. That's your fixed income, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you think about equities, and then there are different equities, right? You got different indices. You got the S&P 500. You got large cap, mid cap, small cap, right? And so the analogy there is the further you go out from the free throw line, the more risk you're taking, all right? So when you get into like um, really risky investments, mm-hmm. right? That's more like taking a half court shot or taking a full court <laughs> shot, right? And, the, and on the football side, Bill, right here's another analogy that I use on, on the football side, right Your running backs are you know running backs are going to get you good three to five yards, right each play. So running back is a solid uh, maybe maybe a solid large cap. Stock value, right? And you think about Mm -hmm. growth, you might want to get a little bit more uh, yards per play. So that could be a wide receiver or a tight end, (laughs) right? Uh, A small cap, we'll just call that a small cap IPO could be considered a kick returner, right? Mm. Kick returners can do one of two. They could do several things. They could fumble the ball. They could fumble the ball. Right. right? And if you you look at the statistics of like startup companies, right, many of them Mm. do just fumble the ball. But some of them can fumble, pick it up and score a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So. Those are some of the fun analogies that I use with positions in either basketball or football to kind of explain the different types of securities and planning. And and guys get it. They understand it.
0: I see, I see a book here, Walter. I, this, this could be a, you know, uh, (laughs) this could be a very fun way for anyone who loves sports, men, women, doesn't matter. Just could, could appreciate uh, this. So, uh, you know, with us today has been Walter Stith. Former professional football player, now clearly a rising star in financial services, working with professional athletes, now working with uh, college athletes uh, and other uh, wealthy individuals. I know that you're not not just working with athletes and looking to do more of that as well. So, Walter, uh, thank you for being on Top Advisor podcast. Really do appreciate it. Bill, thanks so much for having me. I, I really
1: enjoy spending time with you. It's an honor and a pleasure to, to be on your platform. Uh thanks so much for sending your books, uh Radical relevance of uh Relevance. Right. I am uh digging into that, picking up okay. some some notes there to get myself
0: okay. up to these owners. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, there you go. That's the next uh yeah. that's the next step. So um, Look, everybody, if you haven't already uh, done so, head over to referralcoach.com forward slash resources to uh, sign up for our weekly tips and a ton of free guides. This is Bill Cates reminding you that ideas do not make you more successful. Only acting on those ideas will bring you the success that you want. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Top Advisor Podcast brought to you by Proud Mouse Pod Rocket Academy. I encourage you to visit my website, referralcoach.com, for links to my books, online courses, and to register for the Cates Academy.